On this episode, we have Tori Hypes from Foodie Tours. Such a great last name. Yeah. Perfectly describes her. (laughs) Yeah, she is. Yeah, she has a lot of energy and super motivated. And it was fun to hear the history of how she got from where she is um, and to starting Foodie Tours. And she's so young. I know. I don't. I mean, I do get it. I was young. I am young. (laughs) (laughs) No, but I was young starting a business. I get it. She's super ambitious and such great magnetic energy. I can only imagine being on a tour, which we need to do, uh, just having so much fun. Right. The thing I love about her business model is she has a business whose actual job is to go around and help other businesses. Right. So, I mean, talk about a good symbiotic relationship. Right. Who's going to be like, no, we do not want you to come here and bring people (laughs) to eat food. (laughs) Do not use our business. Right. Right. So Foodie Tours is a company that goes around our local community, which, by the way, on the drive over here, and I was thinking about recording our intro, and I was like, I feel like I take this community for granted. Like, it is so beautiful. I was driving, and I was looking at everything, and I don't really think about it till I go other places, and I'm like, wow, we live in such a beautiful, sweet community. Yeah. Um, and everybody loves food and needs food. So she's doing something great to bring the community together and people together. Yeah. And we mentioned on this podcast, you are gluten-free mm-hmm. and she said she hadn't done a tour, a gluten-free tour yet. And then all of a sudden the other day on Facebook, I saw that she was marketing for a gluten-free tour. Right. And what makes a successful business person listening to your consumers? Totally. So we're excited and we hope you enjoy Tori. I'm Sarah. I'm Caitlin. Two women discussing all things in business. Welcome to She's the the Boss. We're excited to finally have you on here. We've had to reschedule a couple times due to our AC debacle going yep. out. The AC. Well, first, yes. <laughs> first, Tori had some medical things that yeah, happened. So you can crazy. share a little bit about that. Yeah, I um, was actually pet sitting. Uh, the family was in Hawaii, so it was really fun to wake up. And I couldn't see out of my right eye properly. So it was like the light wasn't processing correctly. And um, I had like a crazy day. It was on a Saturday. So I had like my Father's Day tour and just kind of pushed through the day. I was like, I don't know what's going on, but I'm just going to ignore it. And wait till Sunday. Um, so then Sunday I woke up and it was still doing it. So I was like, oh, maybe I should call telehealth. So I called telehealth and they were like, yeah, you need to go to the emergency room. And I was like, what? No yeah. way. This isn't that bad. Cause I felt fine. You know, like when you feel fine and you're like, this is kind of silly. So anyway, I went to the emergency room and everyone was like, no, it's good. You're here. This is like life or limb, you know, type of thing. And, um, which was probably scary to hear. It was a little <laughs> scary. Yeah. Like it, it started getting elevated when like, they did the eye test and I couldn't see any of the big letters and I was like oh that's a problem yeah <laughs> and then they're like we're gonna do an MRI um and then after the MRI the doctor came in she was like so they're wanting to keep you for three days and I was like oh my gosh um so I was like 
just shocked. Um, so I called the family that I was pet sitting for and I was like, I'm so sorry. Um, oh, no. yeah. I know you guys are on vacation, but like, I can't leave right now. Like, I mean, I think they would have let me leave, but, um, they were like, uh, get, you know, the family were, they were so kind and so wonderful. And they were like, of course we understand, like, take care of yourself. And within like an hour they'd found another pet sitter. And like my mom had to go over there and pack everything up. Cause I had like, was basically staying there for two weeks cause they were gone and I had like moved in, you know, no. just to have all my stuff there. So, um, still don't know why it happened. They kept me for a few days. Um, most of my vision is back now so like 95 percent I still have a little bit of light you know just difficulty seeing um that is crazy it's so crazy and they're just like we don't know yeah they ruled out like the scary stuff sure that's good um but yeah they were which could have been what ms lupus slime disease um so all of that was ruled out which is awesome because i'm a bit of a hypochondriac so it was good (laughs) to like rule that out in general so i like had some sinus issues the week before like with a lot of drainage and like that can cause it with like irritation Hmm. um and just kind of a lot of pressure in your head and in your eyes and your optic nerves so um i ended up having optic neuritis i don't know if i said that but um yeah so we're still kind of waiting in limbo and seeing what's going on so you go like for a follow-up yeah I have seen my like primary care doctor and then I have a neurologist follow-up so they're gonna just make sure nothing is wrong and I guess that's kind of the goal overall is just make sure nothing's wrong you know we only know like 10 percent of the medical (laughs) body you know we really don't know that much yes yes it's crazy um so I'm not like super worried about it at this point because it's my visions come back for the most part. So that was what I was most worried about was like, Oh my gosh, is this going to be forever? You know, like that would be so miserable. So, um, yeah. And I've had that happen only one time, but it was definitely a migraine. Like, Mm. but the first sign was like this black dot in my right eye. And I was like, Oh no, I think (laughs) something bad is about to happen. And then just like a crazy splitting headache. Um, but you didn't have any like pain. No, no pain. I had a little bit of like eye movement pain and that was the night before, like Friday night I had noticed when I'd moved my eye like too far to the left or the right. It's like, Oh, that kind of hurts. And then the next day I woke up with the vision problems, um, and still a little bit of pain, but the pain like completely went away within a couple of days and they gave me a lot of steroids. So that probably helped like yeah. calm the nerve. Maybe the pain was from the nerve being inflamed. Sure. So, yeah. Wild. So, so yeah, wild. so that was our first yeah. reschedule, which <laughs> was a big deal. Like, yeah. hey, I'm actually in the ER. We're like, okay, don't worry. Like, it's okay. You don't have to come here. And then the next time, my AC upstairs, because we record upstairs at my house, it, like just stopped working. <laughs> and it was legitimately 100 degrees up here at eight in the morning, which meant I think that the heat was running or something like that. It's just so blowing it was, out hot air. Yeah. Yeah. It was so hot. And we had recorded a few other podcasts where the AC went out like halfway through, like it like tripped or something. And we're sitting in here and we're all like sweating. We're like, oh my gosh, by the end of it. But nobody said anything until the end. We like take off our headphones. We're like, oh my gosh, it's so sweaty. (laughs) Yeah. So we finally got that fixed. And then third time's a charm. And we're here. And we're here. We made it. Excited. So yes. Tell us about all the things that you have going on. Very exciting things happening in our community. 
and a lot with food and we know food brings people together. So yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. That's the big common thing. pastime. Yes. Together. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, so I own foodie tours. Um, I started the business back in February. Um, so we do walking food tours and then, um, my plan actually was to call it foodie tours of Southern pines. So I was like, I'm going to do walking food tours in Southern pines. That's where all the food is in Moore County, you know, kind of naive, like didn't really, um, you know, no like Aberdeen. Um, so I went to the small business center and they, uh, Lindy there had me reach out to the town of Aberdeen and the town planner there. And she like gave me a tour of downtown Aberdeen. And she was like, you should really consider doing your tours here too. And I was like, um, sure. And she introduced me to so many business owners and just really gave me those connections. Um, so I actually started the food tours in Aberdeen cause I had already like made those connections and it was just sure. so wonderful and kind of like, you know, if the doors open, like walk through it, let's do it. Um, which was really incredible. So, um, started there and then branched into Southern Pines as well. And then as I was starting up business, uh, everybody kept saying to me, you should work with the trolley company. And I was like, I don't know, like they could run their own food tours. Like, why do they need me to come on the tour on the trolley and run food tours? Um, <laughs> was that know? like a little bit of the, the negative <laughs> imposter syndrome yes, in there? Yeah. Yes. I was like, why do they need me? Yeah. Um, so I did an, it, end up reaching out to them. I think um, actually Whitney with Hatchet like got me connected with them, which was really nice um, and had a meeting and they're like, yeah, we'd love for you to rent the trolley and do your food tours. I was like, okay, right. sounds good. Great collaboration. Yeah, great. I mean, just totally opened up a whole new world. I really think that that's um, helped promote the business too. Cause I've gotten a lot of, you know, repeat business people do a trolley tour. They come back, they do a walking tour. Um, so we have been able to branch out to a lot more restaurants too. So make those connections with restaurants that aren't Mm -hmm. within walking distance, uh, which has been really fun, um, to meet all of those people. But, uh, so we do the walking tours, the trolley tours, and then also have added international tours. Yeah. Um, I saw that. I'm like, what? (laughs) Wild. Um, I know it's so crazy. Uh, when I previously worked for the air force for a couple of years as a civilian, I, uh, managed an outdoor recreation. So we would run trips going kayaking, um, mountain biking skiing and just do all of these really fun adventurous trips and I always had this dream of like man it'd be so cool if we could go international but it just didn't work in the budget um to be able to do that we had like a daily spend limit for how much we could spend so um it's been a dream and then uh when I was starting on my tours Kathy Spangler with um culinary tours of the pines she used to run them in Pinehurst before COVID Mm. and uh she reached out to me she's like hey I don't know if you like want to know anything about running tours in this area but like I'd love to give you some information wow i mean how amazing is our community that we have these people that are like hey i saw you starting up this new business i used to run it let me help you and give me all give you all these resources did you know that she ran that before you had this idea I knew that there were food tours uh-huh. in the area, um, so yes, but like everything that I had seen had basically shown that she had retired and and closed down. So um, I knew that like she was a person out there that like, but I just didn't know how sure. to reach out to her, you know, all the things. So um, we met up, and she's so wonderful. She's like since brought her group of friends on a tour, um, and she was like, "You should consider doing international tours." And I was like, "Yes, yes, this is it." <laughs> um, so that's kind of what like sparked it in me. I was like, "Man." if it's like been done well in the past and you know have been successful for this area to do tours like that like let's do it um so I kind of like pushed it off and pushed it off and then finally it was like okay I'm just gonna plan it I'm just gonna put it out there and see if people sign up and people have signed up so it's really exciting yeah Um, are these people um people who you already knew 
um, through coming on tours here? No. So uh, I, one of the people that have signed up, they're like kind of a childhood friend. So I knew them, but like other people are just people from the local area that heard about the tours. Um, so cool. This way did like a really big promotion. So that was really incredible and really got a lot of, um, you know, advertisement for that tour and so that got a lot of people interested too so yeah, I think yeah. it's so unique yes yes. you know I I don't even know if I've ever heard of anybody doing that anywhere I'm sure people do yeah, <laughs> but I yeah. just have never right. been exposed to it right right and I think like the really cool part of it is you know you you're, we're leaving with people from Moore County and then we're going overseas you know going to go travel then we're coming back and like you've made these connections with local people you know that you get to see again and hang out with and yeah and get to be in this new experience with in this foreign country where you have like these different types of connections when you go on vacation anywhere with new people you see them in a whole different way (laughs) but in a, a different country where it's a different language and stuff like that you do have to connect quickly together yeah because you have a common goal of right, being there you know right. yes, yes so I was going to ask you to elaborate on that when you said international like international foods or legit international so you answered that question yes. so legit international yeah. are you when you go are you guys going to stay like with locals or like local areas or are yeah, you tell us how this whole thing works yes. please yes. I'm yes. super interested yes so we're staying in Airbnb um that was just kind of the best way to get everybody in one space so we'll have like a big kitchen shared bathrooms you know everybody gets their own room though and then um I went on a trip this past fall so like almost a year ago uh and I met this girl named Agatha she runs food tours for like a company over there and so I had followed her because she has like a travel food blog and I was like Agatha like would you be willing to run these tours for my trip to Paris and she was like yes that would be so awesome <laughs> uh, she's like let me check for non-compete clauses so she had to check yeah. for all of that um, but she was good to go so um, because of like the tours that we're doing uh, she's actually starting her own food tour business so Aww. so incredible <laughs> yeah yes um, so she's French and American she lives in Paris she's actually living r- like right around the corner from where we're gonna stay in Paris uh, so it's just so I incredible live in Paris yes yes in like an alternate <laughs> universe (laughs) (laughs) so have how long have you been in Moore County like you said you weren't even that familiar with Aberdeen area so did you just move here I did just move here in November so my boyfriend and I have been dating for a little over two years so I was like a very heavy weekend traveler um every weekend I lived in Goldsboro so it was like Goldsboro or Southern Pines like Southern Pines for sure (laughs) (laughs) but that's kind of what fueled the idea for foodie tours because I was coming every weekend but I didn't get to try a whole lot of food while I was here you know it's like I'd want to eat in once a week or you know once a meal and then eat out one or two meals um so that was I was like people are coming to town and not able to try all this amazing food because I just fell in love with the food scene here and there's so much there's so much and it's so good (laughs) it's hard to choose people ask me on my tours all the time what's your favorite restaurant I'm like it depends on what you're in the mood for good luck yes yes it really depends and what meal right and yeah exactly what time of day Mm -hmm. and all the things so um I definitely thought when I started my food tour business that I would have 90% of people would be from out of town. It's like, I'm going to have golfers. I'm going to have sure. these out of town vacationers, you know, people, spouses, you know, or people that don't golf that are coming with their golfer partner um, that are going to come on the tours. That has been totally wrong. I was totally, totally wrong. When I met with Kathy, she was saying, um, no, you're going to have locals. And I was like, even when she said it, I was like, I don't believe 
believe you. I don't know about it. <laughs> and I have had 90% locals yeah. on my tours that are bringing, sometimes they're out of town guests or it's just a group of gals. I have a lot of gals that come on the tours. Mm-hmm. So men, step it up a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, just a lot of locals. And um, until this past weekend, actually, every single tour that I had done over the last few months, I had had um somebody on the tour like everybody on the tour hadn't been to one location so like uh-huh. like one of the stops on the tour they hadn't been there before at least um if not all of them uh with the trolley tours i had seen I was, I'd ask people, you know, have you guys been here before? And most people hadn't been to a lot of those places that we visited, which was so fun. And it's so great to go back and tell the restaurant owners that like, Hey guys, they had never stepped foot in your restaurant before. Like, this is incredible. These are 28 people that, you know, have never been here before and now they get to experience your restaurant and want to come back. Right. And they're local. So they can come back whenever they want. Right. Right. So it's been really awesome. Yeah, I think it's fun to be kind of like a tourist in your town, Mm -hmm. you know, and you don't, if you, if you don't have things like this, it's hard to be able to like, sure, we can go to this restaurant, but then you go home, (laughs) you know? So it's like your comfort zone. Yes. Yes. And that's another big thing is like, even when we've gone to the restaurants, people have said, I never would have got this, you know, like I've been here five times and I never would have picked thought to choose this but it's so good and I'm gonna get this next time so. so how does it work do they pay you a set fee and then go to each place and like eat an appetizer one place and then like a have a five course meal over it or how does the whole it depends system... on the tour yes okay. um so yes but the one flat fee and then everything's included afterwards um so that was like that's a big thing for me is I want you to have so much food that you are full and taking to-go boxes home um so I try to get a little treat for the next day um we'll do scones sometimes or like sometimes a little like cookie biscuit. Um, but yeah, so, um, it's not quite a five course meal as much as it's just a tasting at each spot. Um, so maybe not is what you would think. Like we get a salad and you know, like five course meals sometimes are, um, but yes, like five or six places, um, or sometimes seven depends on the day and what's open. And, um, you know, our tours change, they vary from each week just cause restaurants go on vacation or there's a farmer's market and we want to stop by the farmer's market. Um, so it's, that's also kind of the beauty and the flexibility of what we can do. So that's fun for the restaurants do you so how far out do you have to plan like if you're bringing this big group of people like I have family of seven and like I have to like be like oh we need to make a reservation for next weekend Mm -hmm. so how far out do you have to like start planning this that's a lot of people to communicate with and coordinate with and then have you ever like shown up somewhere and they like forgot you were coming yes yes (laughs) which is totally like you know, I am very understandable when all of that, when like either people forget or sometimes they've sold out of, you know, certain things that we were expecting to have on the tour. So I try to not like prep the tour too much with like, we're going to eat this dish at this place because if they're out, then they're out and I'm not going to give them any type of hard time, you know, but um, yeah. So with like the trolley tours, you know, we've got 28 people if we sell it out, which um, thankfully I've sold out all of the trolley tours so far, oh my which gosh. is so incredible. So cool. awesome. We've got a, peach, or a pizza tour next week that's not sold out though. So go ahead and hop on. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so I'll plan that one like a month in advance and start reaching out to people, um, and letting them know like, Hey, we've got this tour. I'll give you, you know, a heads up of numbers like week of, but, um, with the walking tours, it really depends on the town. So I've got a few restaurants that I'll email, you know, Hey, we're going to come this week. Um, and then they'll have like little dishes set for us or, um, or, you know, at least a reservation. Cause sometimes they, they do get really busy. Um, other times I've just kind of had to like work it, you know, <laughs> get it to go. Uh, we will go to a spot in town that we can go eat at um 
sometimes we'll get it to go and go to the Artist League in Aberdeen, the Artist League of the Sandhills. Um, they've got a nice like outdoor patio and then we'll go inside and look around. They've got an art gallery oh, and cool. all of their booths back there. Have you guys been by chance? No, go I haven't. Check it out. Bring yeah, your out of town guests. It's so cool. I love taking all of our tours there. Um, we had a private tour yesterday and they're so nice. They let me just pop in <laughs> and I'm like, Hey, I have 14 people. Oh, yeah. And-, and now that you've created these relationships, it's, yes. it's kind of a different experience. Yes. Yes. And it's just so fun. And, um, of those like 14 people, I think 12 of them had never been there before. So it's just another like thing where I just love taking people to places they've never been. It like gives me a little bit of serotonin, you know, <laughs> like, you know, dopamine, like yeah. it's, it's the good feelings. I'm yeah. like, Oh, this is so fun. But the great thing about your business is you're helping all these other small businesses. Like yeah, so many what a blessing like and I'm sure they're so appreciative yes yes and I have really great relationships with a lot of the small businesses and um, something that's like really cool is you know all of like what what we pay for the food is a lot of times like the menu rates I've had a few restaurants that have been able to offer you know some other rates but a lot of times we're paying normal menu rates and so I'm so excited to see at the end of the year what that big number is of like that's what we gave back to the community in a sense you know that's what we spent in the Mm -hmm. community it's all going right back into Moore County. And that just makes me so happy. Yeah. So I'm curious how this all started. Have you always been like a foodie? Like, have you always loved cooking and stuff like that? Or is like, tell us the whole story. Love to eat out at restaurants. I love to cook at home. Um, and so I, I've just had kind of like a crazy journey in life with just what I've decided to do. Um, so can I ask how old you are? I'm 27. Okay. So. Ooh, exciting. <laughs> yes. We've got some, some, uh, not even young. Like I didn't feel young at 27, but now that no. I'm like 10 years older than you. Yes, yes. I feel yes. young sometimes too, especially like yeah. running this business. I'm like, I'm so young doing of course. this. That's yes. awesome. Um, yeah. And it's a little bit of that imposter syndrome too, where I'm like, should I be doing this? And I'm like, heck yeah, oh, I should. I'm t- here. I'm doing totally it. totally <laughs> had that. I was about the same age starting yes. my business. We just talked to Dr. Gardner yesterday and she is about your same age and that was the whole topic. Yes. But yes. yeah. And like where I have felt most young in life is when I worked for the Air Force. I um, started as the assistant director of Outdoor Rec. Uh, I was 23 years old and had, you know, a few staff under me. Um, I had previously worked at ECU as like a club sport graduate assistant, and that was really fun. And so I had a couple people under me, but I still had like a supervisor that like, you know, she kind of handled all the employee things. So it was very different going into this, you know, next step of like, oh, I am managing employees and, you know, giving performance appraisals and Mm -hmm. all of those things. And And um, I would say like as just an individual, I've kind of developed like slower mindset wise and like maturity wise. Um, I just like was not very mature. (laughs) I don't know. When do you feel like an adult? Do you ever feel like an adult? (laughs) I don't think so. I think the older that I get, I'm like. Oh, <laughs> this is how like my parents probably felt like, right. oh, well, I, I don't know what I'm doing. Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> when do you good ever feel like that? I know. I don't yes, know. Yes. Yes. Okay, good. Still good. waiting. No, not just you. Okay, yeah. that's good. That's good. So I did that role for a year and a couple of months and my boss at the time, she got promoted and I ended up getting promoted as well. So I was the director of Outdoor Rec, um, which was just a huge position. Um, I'm going to go through the list of all the things that I managed there because it was in insane and I just want people to know how crazy it was um so we had our outdoor rec things we had a campground a pool a splash pad uh RV storage um a rental 
thing. We did like equipment rentals. We sold tickets for like ITT, so Disney oh. tickets, Universal tickets, all those things. Um, we ran the trips, so I would be running trips on the weekends. Um, and then also we had a cafe that was like open six to two and then a coffee kiosk as well. So it was like this just broad spectrum of things. Yeah, be um, good at like a thousand different yes, things. Yes, which taught me so much to prepare me for the business and I think gave me a lot of courage to be able to do this. I was like, you know what? If I did that, I can definitely do sure. this. I can manage myself, you know, and run this business. Um, so that taught me so much and really got me motivated, I think, to manage myself uh, and to like start a business in general. Um, just with, you know, leadership with the military and the Air Force, it was interesting. Um, and I learned a lot from those people, but I realized like, okay, I think I want to work for myself. Like I'm, you know, there are rules that you have to follow when you work for yourself, but it's very different. You get to make a lot of your own decisions. So, um, and then food tours, it wasn't even like that. I, you know, I feel like I am a foodie, but it wasn't that I'm this like, you know, crazy chef at home or anything like that. It was just that there was the opportunity of, you know, this location and this beautiful area could use food tours and it could be successful. So that was kind of what inspired me. Do you go on every tour with them or do you have staff members that do some of them? So it's like, if you're not here, it can still carry on or yes. if you are in the hospital or yes, whatever. Yes. <laughs> um, so very recently I have uh, been able to hire someone to help me with tours. So her name's Lynn. She's wonderful. That's exciting. Um, it's so exciting. It's so, like a really big milestone for any business is to really hire is. on yes, your yes. first employee. Right. And that like trust behind it too. Like she's so wonderful and so amazing and very good at communicating. So that really helps, um, you know, choosing the right person for sure. Um, but yeah, we're still looking to grow, still hiring. So if anybody else there's inspired to run some food tours with me. Um, I would love to have a few more people on board. What do you look for in somebody who would come do tours? So there's a few things. Um, definitely being outgoing and being able to connect with people is really important. That's my absolute favorite part of running tours. I've met so many wonderful people and like the people make it fun. You know, it's like, well, in a three hour tour and I'm like, man, that was a blast. Yeah. Like, this is what I meant to be doing. Like, yeah. This is so great. Um, and like, especially with all being locals, because then I run into them again and it's like so amazing. You know, you're like, they're like, hey, Tori. And I'm like, hey, you came on a tour. And they're like, yeah, I did. <laughs> it's just so great. So. So being outgoing and then going, going, being able to go with the flow, um, that is just so important because there's just things that are going to come up. Um, sometimes when people show up on the tours, you got to change it a little bit based on mobility issues. Um, sometimes we've walked up to a restaurant and it's been closed because they decided to go on their summer vacation, which is totally fine, you know? And so pivoting, having some backup plans, um, I'll like prep, you know, these are all of our places that you could go to, you know, if we needed to go to a few other places just to kind of add to the tour. Um, and and then, yeah, just have you ever had anyone be like completely rude? Because you know how sometimes in restaurants people are like real rude. <laughs> like, that's what I want to know if they're like, oh, I'm going to do this food tour. And then they go and try everything like <laughs> no um so I haven't yet but I'm I'm waiting for the day you know there's gonna be a day um when I'm gonna get like you know somebody that's maybe not as fun to hang out with which is totally fine um but I have been so so lucky to have so many kind people and just wonderful fun people on these tours like I can't even describe to you I 
have mentally prepared myself for the day when I will get somebody that's maybe not as fun to be with, but mm-hmm. like so somebody far, who came along on the tour with their family and got drugged there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Like you go to a restaurant and you're like, man, you don't like anything here. And then you right. feel like, Oh, well, yeah, it's right. not for you. It's for us. But yes. that I'm sure the restaurants appreciate that. Cause you know, the stuff that they have to deal with. My son works at Chick-fil-A and he's like, people complain to me in the drive through about, something happening previously as if I'm the one that like cooked it and right or right. could do anything about it at this point yeah he's just a 15 year old standing out there on an ipad taking orders saying my pleasure <laughs> yeah saying yeah. my pleasure he says, yes. it at, he says it at home now too oh, nice. i'm sure it gets ingrained I, in oh, them yes. and then they say it all the time <laughs> yeah i'm like okay you're what's not the work. deal behind that do you know no I like really why don't, don't they say you're welcome i don't know i want to know maybe <laughs> i will find out yeah, I'm curious out. in like their hiring, onboarding, training process, the why behind my pleasure. I actually know the customer service manager for Chick-fil-A corporate. Um, I met her at the Dave Ramsey conference. Like she was there. Oh. And so, and I got her information. So I will find out yeah. like I'll, why. I'm curious. I'm sure it's something about like internally being happy to serve people. Sure. Instead of just your welcome, it's my, my pleasure. pleasure. Mm-hmm. It's very nice. Yeah. I like it. And I a like branding it. thing too. You know, of like course. when you hear my pleasure, you think Chick-fil-A. Yeah. And yes. I wonder if that's behind the whole thing too. You know, it's like you yeah. want people to think of your business when somebody even just says a phrase. It's uh-huh. a common phrase, but yeah. it's like you still think of Chick-fil-A. You're like, okay, Chick-fil-A. Right. You know? So yours smart. is going to be like, yum. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't thought of a tagline, so. Yeah. Now you'll have to, yeah, you'll have to brainstorm yes, on that now. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So how I'm. I'm curious because I've I've looked at the tours and I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm gonna be so full. How do you choose like like you were saying, there's so many restaurants with so many good things. So how do you choose what's tasted that time? Sure. Um, so in like downtown Aberdeen, uh, I don't, we go everywhere. Okay. <laughs> it's all so good. Um, and people have like two or three to go boxes afterwards because I just can't decide. I can't decide which one to pull out of there. And it's probably a bad business decision because we don't need to go to seven places or six places. You know, we could stick to just five and it's so much food that like people would be, you know, very full and very happy. But I want to give not only the best experience to everybody when they come to town, but also I just, I would so much rather people have too much food than not enough food you know i'm a big proponent of that yes. anytime we have people over or anything like that some staff event i'm like people are like how many people are coming i'm like well only like 10 but i would rather have way too much food than not enough <laughs> right you know right and like what a terrible thing would it to be to go on a food tour and to not be full afterwards <laughs> right yeah right like now so, we have to go out to eat right right yeah. so I definitely don't want that so um it can be really hard to choose uh, a lot of times if there is like a choice that needs to be made it it's not as much on the food as much as it is for like the restaurant owners and how welcoming they are um so if there are some restaurants that are you know very welcoming they're able to accommodate us and um they just they want our business and they want foodie tours to be there. Um, then those are the ones that I lean towards a lot, especially with like the trolley tours, because we've got 28 people we're trying to fit in there. Mm-hmm. Um, so if there are restaurants that have, you know, arms open, they're like, yes, please come see us. You know, this is, you know, the meal that we can give and this is our specialty. Then we're definitely, you know, going to look more towards going to those than the other ones that I have to like beg and plead to get into their doors. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, that, that sense. helps a lot. Now on the um trolley tours do you do like a like a tour 
Like, are you like, this is Southern Pines, and on your left you have, you know? Yeah. This is the right, but yeah. Not, not, <laughs> as, not as much, just because there are a lot of locals. Um, so we'll just play music and have a good time. Okay. Um, we'll do like some trivia and um, yeah, just kind of enjoy it. I also started recently working for the trolley company, so that's been a really fun experience okay. too. Um, so I will run tours for them sometimes. So and that's more... Anyone. Yes. Tory. Yes. Tory. Tory. <laughs> Sorry, Tory. <Yes. laughs> I think um, Kara with Mimi Gaskell, she like said, Tory, has anybody called you Tory? And I was like, no, that's really corny. And she's like, I love it. I was yeah. like, oh, okay. I love it. hilarious. <laughs> she's yeah. so great. Yeah. So yeah, uh, but that's been really fun too, to kind of branch out and get to enjoy, you know, the trolley side of things. Because it's like our Mother's Day and Father's Day tours, they're, you know, a little bit more like, um professional you know I try to oh. like be professional whereas like sometimes I'll do the bruise cruises for the trolley so sure, fun. a little bit different oh so fun yeah great so do you do like family tours like focused on kids like different places to have kids meals and things like that no so I've not done one of those yet um I haven't really branched into the kid element um of things something that it's just kind of in the back of my mind for like business wise and business sense is like people don't want to pay as much money for their kids as they would for themselves, um, especially because like kids don't eat as much. Um, so it's just kind of difficult to price that. Uh, so I haven't really branched into that. But if you have some ideas, send them over. Oh, I'm sure she does. Okay. Yeah. Yes, I do. That's why I asked. And I would also like a personal request for a celiac friendly tour yes. because there are so many of us and you'll see like I actually have a more county celiac page nice there are so many you of run mm-hmm. oh <laughs> I don't really do anything on it right it's just a, a Facebook page and a platform for people to be like hey where should we go My- right go to this restaurant yeah there, yeah so because there's some places I go and I'm sick I'm down for a couple days and it would be nice to like be able to try the different places and like have someone like me that has found out the hard way that and be like, yes, this place is actually safe. This one, not, not safe, but if you prefer just not to eat gluten, they have good options as well. Right. Right. And still like offering, you know, that population, that experience, because I feel like that's a huge thing is like, you just don't get that experience as often. You know, you can't enjoy a food tour if there's mostly gluten things on it. Right. Like Um, I can't come on your pizza tour unless we do a gluten-free, right. Gluten-free pizza pizza tour, tour, which will be like 12 times the price because (laughs) rice is so expensive. Yes. Yes. It makes no sense. So I do, (laughs) I have had quite a few people reach out with gluten uh, intolerance. So my uh, trolley tour at the end of September that I have not put on my website, yet is actually going to be um gluten-free and then like optional vegan vegetarian um because i've just i've had a lot of people that have been interested in that so we'll see how that does hopefully um you know some there's you know a large population of people that have some dietary restrictions so i think it'll also end up being dairy-free you know just all the things that yeah or even preferences right i mean there's just so many different um like diets, lifestyles to be on now, like more, I think than ever. Right. Right. You know, it's like, I'm vegan and this other person's keto. And you know, you're like, ah, yeah. Okay. And it definitely took me some time to build some connections to find some good restaurants to put into that mix. But I found a few now that I really think will be able to make that tour really exciting and awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I would definitely do like a vegan one and a gluten-free one. One thing (laughs) at our church, they do like a potluck thing but the gluten-free thing is always vegan and I'm like I don't really like tofu right (laughs) like why is it just who makes it 
Yeah. Yeah. yeah because it's, you know, volunteers. So, right. I mean, that's very sweet of them to like accommodate it. But I'm like, I still want the steak and the chicken. Right. Yeah. Right. Okay. <laughs> but, good to know. Good to know. But just not the gluten that right. goes with it. Okay. So, um, but yeah, I ate somewhere last Monday and then was super sick afterwards yeah. the next day. And we were here recording a podcast. Yeah. And I was like, I'm not feeling so great. But um, yeah, it was just, it, it's nice to know that we would be able to do something like that. We just did a cooking camp at our studio. We do like um, cooking and then they take dance and music and everything. And then at the end of the week, they serve their parents the food that they cooked. And so we make sure we do it like all gluten-free just because we don't want a kid to not be able to come. And that's one of those things that and dairy is one of those things that like if a kid gets it, it's like more serious. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, that's the reason I've never signed up for one. I've looked at him and I'm like, Oh, I wouldn't really be able to eat any of those things, right. but it sounds but it'd be really fun. fun. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So I can do the wine walks cause I can drink all the wines, but I get toasted on the wine walks because all the little f- snacks at each place right. that are supposed to offset the wine. Right. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, when I do a wine walk, I have to definitely eat beforehand or right. else you'll see me stumbling out you of there. You just bring like a little fanny pack with your food, <laughs> <laughs> like your little treats for yourself. My treats. Yeah, fanny packs are in. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah I guess I could do that. <laughs> so, But no, we'll do the gluten-free foodie tour. Yes. That is yeah, and you send me the info on it, and I'll put it on the Moore County celiac. Sounds good. Sounds oh. good. And it might even be worth the odd one, like, once a month, you know, like a walking tour, too, just because the trolley tours are a little bit more expensive. So even offering that option, just, I mean, I really have, like, had quite a few people reach out. So I think this is the sign that I need to put yeah. it on my calendar. If you're waiting for a sign. <laughs> this, this is, is it. it. This, this is, is it. it. <laughs> this is it. Yes. So what's kind of your next, like, goal with the business? Um, expanding. So I have been working with the town of Samford, um, downtown, Mm -hmm. maybe Mm -hmm. getting into that area. Um, so, uh, my boyfriend, he's in the army. So, um, sadly we will have to leave at some point. Um, so leaving foodie tours behind here, um, with, you know, a good responsible, uh, head person and then being able to expand that to other cities. Um, so that will be eventually down the road that I'll need to do that. But for now, um, here, you know, seeing what it would be like to go to Samford, and start up another uh, location there. They're very up and coming. Their downtown area just has quite a few really great restaurants. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited to see what that will look like. Um, I haven't ventured out there very much. So um, still in the very early planning phases. But yeah, that's kind of So I'm is thinking. it like you're going to franchise and or are you going to like sell the business or how are you going to how yeah. are you thinking about doing that? Not necessarily franchise. So still being able to kind of run it remotely while having guides back here that are running the tours. Um, and then I just love this area so much. The goal is definitely to eventually come back. Um, I've heard of some other local business owners that have been able to do that with the military where they leave for a couple of years and then they're able to come back. Yeah. And I know that maybe Caitlin was it you that had done. She stayed here. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I yeah. stayed. Yes. She does not recommend. No, I don't recommend. it's not as much of an option. Yeah. <laughs> I think if we were, you know, married 10 years down the road, like it'd be different, but just because we're still dating and, mm-hmm. you know, that type of thing. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah. We'll see what the future holds. But I definitely, I 
ended up not naming it Foodie Tours of Southern Pines because I was like, you know what? This has the potential to be something really big and really incredible. And I just think, you know, people don't think as often to do food tours in small towns, but these small towns have so much charm. They have so much yeah. to give. There's, you know, a good amount of history in each little small town for mm-hmm. our area and then all of the other areas too. So I'm excited to see, you know, where it could go and what the potential is for it. Do you only do small businesses like privately owned or do you also do summit chain restaurants? Um, no chains for now. Uh, I don't, I just, there's, there's so many good local restaurants mm-hmm. that, mm-hmm. you know, you can meet the owner face to face cause they're in there working hard every day. Right. <laughs> it's it's right. just so beautiful and so wonderful. So I have no desire to go into the tra- chain side of things. You know, if it's a locally owned chain, maybe where they have a couple, you know, sites. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, no big franchises or anything like that. I think Kara said that she would not be very happy with me if we did a fast food tour. <laughs> I was like, There's no fast food tour in the books. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. She's very pro pro small town. Yes. Yeah. Me too. I mean, yeah. you have to be, it's like when you get to meet all of these wonderful owners and they're just, uh, I just have had such a great experience here with the people. It's been so wonderful. Yeah. What are some of the restaurants that you frequent often yes um so mason's and pizzeria grazia are huge Mm. um you know they're owned by brian and allison and they're just awesome awesome people um they're just like great um the workshop tavern in aberdeen is also another really great spot um their owners are really amazing and they work with us to get reservations and everything like that um el chapin in aberdeen they're really awesome too um and then the bakehouse and um sweet carolina um ice cream shop they're all also just so amazing um and then in southern pines we just have like a plethora of restaurants in southern pines so that many. we go to yeah um we stick to like a brunch and then a bruise and foods tour um so So we'll go to like Southern Way. Um, They're really amazing there. Um, The Ice Cream Shop, Embers, um, Rooted, uh, Betsy's, you know, just all of those really wonderful restaurants. Swank, we'll go to Swank sometimes. I've not been to Embers yet. Yeah. I'm excited to try it. Yeah. Saturdays they have brisket. Mm. definitely recommend I walked into whatever place was there before them, some type of bakery or something. And I was like, hey, do you make gluten-free sandwiches? Because uh, one of my favorite restaurants downtown was Nosh, and they closed during COVID, mm. and they made gluten-free sandwiches, and I work downtown Southern Pines, so I'm like, I need more places I can just, like, quickly hop over right. and eat, and I walked into the bakery, and I was like, do you make gluten-free sandwiches, and he looked at me and went, this is a bakery. Oh, <laughs> yeah. It's gluten everywhere, and I was like, I don't know if he was joking. <laughs> right, like, <laughs> I was like, ah, okay. <laughs> Okay, thanks. thanks. Yeah, I had a similar weird customer service experience there too, where it was just like very bland. And I was like, you guys aren't helping yourselves very much. You know, it's like friendly, friendly. Uh-huh. It's like it's people to stay and come back. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I couldn't tell if he was like just dry humor, like sarcastic about it, or if he was just legit being rude. Right. <laughs> well, maybe he's like good at the baking side and not good at the customer service side. That's like true. you've got to put the right people in the right positions. And now it's closed <laughs> down. Yeah, so that's unfortunate. Yeah. Yeah. Because it could have been great and you could have a gluten-free bakery section. Right. So just like Agora, which yes. they own the bakehouse too. Nice. So yeah. it's the I same didn't know people. that. Mm-hmm. Yep. They just bought it recently. These more county people just taking over the world. I know. <laughs> I love that. Our little corner of yes. the world. <laughs> I love it. And then the lady that does all of our pastries and that did my cooking camp, but the pastries for the nutcracker that we do. Mm-hmm. Because we do a nutcracker tea party with like pastries and tea. And then they watch our dancers 
do our own rendition of it. And she used to be a baker, the main pastry chef at Bakehouse, and then decided to stay home and homeschool her kids. It's nice. all, so cool. all connected, connected. in all a small connected. town. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So, and that's why we should be nice and friendly. Yes. <laughs> but I think that's why it's so great here is because it could be, it could go the other way <laughs> being so connected, mm-hmm. but everyone here is just so kind yes. and helpful and supportive of the community. Like you're saying, you've encountered everywhere you go. Yes. You grew up in... I'm from Swansboro. I was like, so yes. I knew it was started with an F. I was like, yes. Snow Hill. Yes. I don't even know what I'm saying. No, Snow Hill's a place, but yeah, oh. no, Swansboro. So out by the beach, um, out by the beach. Isle. Yep, yep. Okay. So, born and raised. It. Um, yes, I had a year where I moved to Japan. Um, my dad was a Marine, so I oh, cool. moved to Japan with him um, when he got orders, and it was a kind of crazy experience just because I was 18 and um, my younger siblings were five and seven, so my wow. sister was five and a little brother was seven, um, and we moved over there, and like my dad got me a car, and I had a phone, and I got a job nannying, and just started scuba diving, and I was just like, it was, it was perfect. It was the perfect experience for me. I was going to community college online. I don't know how I would have done if I would have gone off to college because mm-hmm. I like I was saying I was just like, kind of like not as mature I had all these leadership roles but like just you know what do you mean the, by not mature I, I like I'm know. so maybe curious it's the imposter syndrome yeah like, I just kind of felt like I was in over my head all the time and I guess that's really what it is it's just imposter syndrome that I've had since I was like 16 have um, you taken the Enneagram yeah I'm a three you're a three okay yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a common theme yes. with business owners threes ones yes, yes. yeah yeah um, so I like was getting these leadership roles. I, in high school was, um, the drum major of our high school marching band. And so that was like a oh, pretty cool. big leadership role. Yeah. And I just always felt like I'm not meant to be in this role. Like, what am I doing? <laughs> you know, it's just, uh, it was, it's tough and it's tough to like look back and, you know, give myself some grace and just be like, you know what? I did the best that I could at that time. And, you know, for the maturity level that I had at that time. And maybe that's it too, is like the hindsight that you have. You just always think you're like less mature yesterday than you are today mm-hmm. because you are, you know, it's like yeah. you, you had a day to grow and a you day learn. To, yeah to get better but um Japan yeah Japan was amazing <laughs> I could only imagine especially as an 18 year old yes yes where you I mean you are somewhat of an adult maybe not as right. mature as and you think as you should be thought, right <laughs> <laughs> but yeah tell yes. us about some of those experiences I have yes. friends who um have been stationed over there and it just looks incredible they love it all my friends that get stationed there love it I and actually that was kind of what fueled the next few years why I worked for the Air Force why I did all of those things and took that path um, was to work in military recreation and get moved back over as a civilian because they'll like PCS you over and everything um, for those jobs over there so that was kind of my goal my career goals and that was kind of a tough pill to swallow when I was working for the Air Force and I got so burnt out that I was like I can't keep doing this anymore and I don't think that I could do it overseas and I just kind of had to like you know put that dream to rest and just be like you know what I'm just gonna have to visit like I'm not gonna be able to live over there again because I I can't follow it this path or I would have to follow you know a different path to get back over there Mm -hmm. so um that was tough but yeah Japan was amazing I was really into boy scouts there um I was a Adventure Scouts. You can like be a girl in the Boy Scouts even back in the day before it was officially a thing. Um, so <laughs> Did they not really have fun. Girl Scouts or you're just like, I like what they're doing. <laughs> so Boy Scouts and Girl Scouts are just very different. Um, oh. And like, especially when you're a teenager, you know, you're doing like hiking and um, we went and climbed Mount Fuji and just the summer camps, like everything was just so different. And the Girl Scout scene after like 
maybe fifth grade, they didn't really have much for the older girls. Whereas with Boy Scouts, you know, you continue up all the way through the end of high school. And even then, um, I was 18, but you can continue as a venture scout until you're 21 or until you turn 20. And then when you're 21, you like become an adult scout type thing. Um, so that was really fun. I led a lot of summer camps and just those connections that I made over there. It was pretty awesome. Um, and then we got to go to mainland. I was in Okinawa. And so we got to go to mainland um, Tokyo and uh, like hang out up there and do summer camps up there. So it's just a lot of like really amazing times and empowering, you know, taught me to do a lot of things on my own. I, um, when I grew up, I grew up living with my mom and my stepdad. And so my mom, I was very independent, but like, you know, my mom just kind of wanted to know what was going on. Like most moms do. Yeah. And then I moved to Japan. It was like, okay, do whatever you want. You know, I lived with my dad and my stepmom and my siblings and it was just like a great time. And, um, my, stepmom would let me like take my younger siblings we would go to the beach you know we would go do all these really fun things so it's just great memories yeah it's kind of like a a rite of passage in a way yes it really was yeah it was awesome I have a feeling you weren't that immature if they trusted you with your younger (laughs) siblings in Japan Japan, yeah (laughs) Yeah, I mean it's so safe over there but you're right I I just I give myself such a hard time like thinking like oh I was so immature and I think it's just because your own head you know you like have so many thoughts going on in your own head and you're just like no actually it's kind of kind of doing the thing you know I was yeah, rocking it like, you were taking care of your yes. younger sim- that's like my daughter I'm just she's going off to college she's still only 17 and she'll graduate with her bachelor's when she's 19 wow. that's like the, it's so crazy yeah and but it's, it's like, almost kind of scary it's very scary I know does she feel scared no. we should ask Josie no <laughs> she doesn't at all no she's super excited and she's ready and I think that she's ready as well but sometimes I'm like Maybe I shouldn't have started her at kindergarten when she was. Yeah, that's what I'm so worried about. For I, yeah, and anybody listening, I do not recommend that. Even, Me either. Even if they're reading, like she was reading. Uh huh. It's very deceiving. Right, but when she hit third grade, because her emotional, you know, well, <laughs> even though she was in a great school, a great environment, supportive, we were supporting her. It's just all of those other milestones that you don't think about as a parent down the road as far as like, oh, once they hit third grade and they're sitting there taking these time tests and there's all this pressure. Mm-hmm. Once they hit middle school mm-hmm. and everybody else's body is developing a year before then. And theirs isn't. And yeah. theirs isn't. Welcome once to my world. go to college mm-hmm. and she's not even old enough to get a hotel room. Right. <laughs> yeah. And so, yeah, it's just kind of. But it's first kid thing. Right. Yeah. It's the first kid thing. So, and I try and give people advice now, like when I see them, I'm like, don't push your kid into kindergarten too young. Like we won't even do it at the school anymore Yeah, because it's not developmentally appropriate. It's We can bring the academics back down to them as a Mm four-year-old, but to say, oh no, you're going to do your kindergarten year as a four-year-old, you're just setting yourself up for so many other issues as they get older. But anyway, we digress. You don't even have kids. (laughs) But But a whole maturity thing, right? Right. And yeah, I mean, clearly those experiences though, and the life experience you got from being able to move overseas, I'm sure plunged you into maturity, especially if you're helping care for younger siblings. Like I I tell my son that all the time too, because he's 15. He's actually babysitting them right now. He's been like all summer. I know. So trying to thank you for that. Yes. Thank you, Ethan. <laughs> even though you don't listen to us, he has offered to start editing our podcast though. Wow. So I was like, Hmm, this might be a good thing for him to do. That yeah. would be such great experience for him. Yeah. Yeah. Put it on a resume. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. So, um, cause he likes doing all of that stuff, but I'm like one day this will make you a better dad. 
you are going to learn patience. You're going to learn how to pivot. You're going to learn how to be flexible. You're going to learn the importance of daily routines and all of that. So being a bigger sibling makes you kind of grow up mm-hmm. faster. Yeah. And there's like a confidence behind that too. My boyfriend has like never changed a diaper uh-huh. and that like blows my mind. Yeah. <laughs> I've yeah. just changed so many diapers in my life because I had you right. know, younger siblings when I was 10. It was like they were born when I was 10 and you know, I just started changing diapers immediately and like yeah. caring for them and spending time with them and then being trusted to watch them. And that is like a whole other level of responsibility and, you know, courage. And like, you just have that confidence of like, okay, I can watch kids and he's going to have that, which is so incredible. Yeah. That's, that's great. Yeah. Which a lot of boys, men, don't get right you know I think as women it's like we're the ones who just naturally feel more compelled to be nurturing um you know not as entire 100% of us but you know just biologically speaking we are the nurturers whereas men are doing these other things and oftentimes don't have the opportunity to caretake, mm-hmm. you know? And so you have boyfriends, husband who never changed a diaper until we had a child, you know, and which is fine. Right. But it's just this whole new world that you've never been exposed to. And now you're thrown into it as your own life. Mm-hmm. It's not even, it's not even practice. Yeah. Right? <laughs> this is right. yours now. His yeah. future wife should thank me. Yes. Yes. Well. <laughs> Hope, hopefully she will. He changes <laughs> many diapers every day. So, yes. Um, so I guess my other question then related to that, you said you were doing community college online. Did you finish? What were you majoring in? Yes. Yes. Um, so I went to Carteret community college online. So while I was in Japan, which like maybe wasn't what I was supposed to do, but it's fine. My home address was still in North Carolina. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so I did that online for a year and then I came back from Japan and, um, finished up in person a little bit and online. And then I transferred to Appalachian state and got my degree, my uh, bachelor's degree in recreation management. Um, that was such a fun program. I did it just for the fun of it. You know, um, all of our professors, they were like, if we could give you any advice, it'd be to drop out not drop out but switch your major right now to business and minor in recreation because this degree is not going to get you where you need to go and you're just gonna be doing like you know the fun stuff and I mean I maybe disagree that like that degree is not going to get you where you want to go because really like if you want to work in parks and rec you want to do military recreation like it'll get you there Mm -hmm. um now looking back as a business owner I'm like man I should have listened some solid advice yes that was some practical (laughs) advice very practical we just had this discussion too but like no matter what you major in it doesn't really matter matter because they're gonna just teach you and it's not always applicable but they're just gonna teach you the curriculum but as far as like business goes that's stuff and it depends on what business you're in so yeah, I, you definitely made the right choice because right, right. <laughs> it like led me to all the things that led me here today. So um, after I graduated from App, I didn't really know what I wanted to do. I was kind of in limbo. I like knew Japan was on the table for like something I wanted to do eventually, but I kind of couldn't see the light at the end of the tunnel of like, how do I get there? Um, so I decided to apply to grad school and um, applied all over and looked for graduate assistantships because I did not want to pay for grad school, but I was willing to go to grad school. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was able to get a graduate assistantship at ECU. Um, so I got my master's at ECU in recreation administration. So stuck with the recreation theme. That was what does a- that look like? A master's in that in recreation and uh, yeah, administration. Yeah. Like how? Uh, w- yeah, it was interesting. Uh-huh. I know. I'm like <laughs> I'm genuinely sure. curious. Yeah. Um. You know, I took a statistics class and then like some recreation um, facilities classes. What do they teach you in that? Um. Like how to manage tennis courts and golf courses. Like literally and- manage. 
Like yes. here's how you repair a tennis court. Yes. Oh. We went out to a tennis court as on a field trip. Okay. So a yes. little maintenance. Yeah, sure. We learned about grass, like <laughs> golf, you know, part of that. Mm. Um, and then we did like some critical thinking um, for like research. So if mm-hmm. you're going to go into like some type of research for recreation or recreation therapy, um, then we would like read a lot of articles and, you know, just kind of like interpret all of those things. So those are the classes I was not as good at. <laughs> but mm-hmm. um, the accounting stuff, I was Less like, fun. okay, good. Statistics, I was like, all right, I got that. But um, yeah, it was a very interesting degree. Um, I'm glad that I got it because it definitely got my foot in the door for the Air Force um, with getting that job as the assistant director. Um, there, you know, you just see a master's degree on a resume and you're like, okay, we'll yeah. give them an interview. And then. Um, right. But when it's literally in the thing that you're hiring exactly. for, they exactly. were like, it's her. Yep. We pick her yep. already. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure not many people have recreation yeah. master's yes. degrees. Yes. Um, so while I was working for. Um, ECU, I also had gotten a job with Camp Lejeune, uh, working as a recreation assistant for outdoor adventures. And that was where like everything started to come together of like, okay, this is, you know, something that I could do professionally. And, um, my boss's job at the time when I worked there, it was like a dream job. And I was like, oh my gosh, her job's so amazing. And that's the one um, I want. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, she was like in that position pretty hardcore, you know, so that wasn't like one that I could go for. But, um, when the air force position came open, it worked out really well because it's still in North Carolina. I got to stay down the road. I ended up buying a house in Goldsboro. Um, I had kind of a crazy thing happen where I did quit that job when I was the director of outdoor rec and, uh, took a month off and traveled the country last year. So that was just last April to May that I did that. And as I was driving down the road, my old boss from Camp Lejeune called me and she was like, do you want my job? And I was like, Oh, Oh, (laughs) I wasn't sure if I was going to go in the workforce again, but yeah, I do want it. So I went and did that last year for four months. And that was kind of where I ended my, um, professional career in a real, paying job you know with the weekly, <laughs> bi-weekly center. paychecks yeah. you know all those fun things yeah. so um that what one, made you leave you know just this continued burnout of I just it was hard to get back into a position where it was a lot of the same things that I had been dealing with beforehand mentally I just wasn't there to continue to do that they were going through a lot of changes and a lot of budget constraints and so there were a lot of talks about merging and people you know kind of losing their jobs and you know when someone starts talking to you about that it's like all right I need to jump ship and get out of here (laughs) you know while I can yeah and so it was kind of I had you know talked to my previous boss there who she still worked there she just got a promotion I talked to her about like you know I don't think that this is long term for me and I might stay through Christmas, but that's about it. So I ended up leaving a little bit before Christmas because my friend and I were like, let's quit our jobs and go travel to Europe for three and a half weeks. Are you sure you're not in Enneagram 7? (laughs) <laughs> I'll have to look at my like thing and the see. spontaneity the adventure the amount of times you've said fun I'm yes, like yes I, I could see it as a three but also I'm like you could totally be a seven the I adventure think, like, the enthusiast right right I think the responsibility fun. like brings me back to a three because uh-huh. I still like have to be responsible and like rule follow and like do those things but I I definitely would say that my personality has changed a lot in the last couple of years, but I just did that. So okay. I don't know. I don't yeah, know. Yeah. I, I might be both a lot of yeah. both, but yeah. So my friend and I went and did that trip across Europe and oh my gosh, that was so amazing. And I planned the whole thing, like had an Excel spreadsheet every single day where we were staying and had all of our train tickets booked and, you know, just all the craziness that goes into planning a trip like that, which also gave me a lot of confidence to plan our trips to Paris and Italy. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. You're talking about this whole journey yes. and all of it has led you to what you're doing now right. and taking the best things 
lessons from each thing that you've done and make it your own. Yes. That's yes. the ideal journey as a business owner, yes. especially at 27 yes. to say, oh, I've had these experiences in my adult life, which has been, you know, 10 years I or know. so. Yeah. And to roll it into something that you're so passionate about. Yes. Just you sitting here, especially when we started and you talking about what you do, you just like light up. You love it, clearly. I do. I do. <laughs> like you're very I, passionate I, about it. Yes. And I mean, honestly, like at the end of the day, though, it's the people that just make mm-hmm. it so amazing and all the people that I've met along this journey. I mean, it's just this community is fantastic. And I feel like people say that on every single one of y'all's yeah. podcasts, but it's just it's so true. true. Yes. Uh, well, yeah. I think, too, when you're talking about burnout, if you're even though you liked the job you were doing, you were doing it for someone else. Mm-hmm. And that's the joy of being in business for yourself. It's like. Yeah, there's going to you're going to hit times where you're like, I am getting burned out on this. But guess what? You're the boss. So you can take a break or you can figure out like what aspect of this business is burning me out. It's not the actual food tour. It's the communicating with people. It's the follow up procedure or it's the accounting or whatever it may be. And then that's what you delegate out to prevent Mm -hmm. your burnout. But when you're working for someone else, you're not allowed to do that. And so it's like, it's a risk to start your own business. It costs a lot of money. It, you know, takes more time initially, but as you do it, and especially if you do it about something you're passionate about, like I would never recommend anyone start a business, something they're not passionate about. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) My husband's always like, Oh, this business is needed here. Uh-huh. We could start this. And yeah. I'm like, I, yeah, I don't really care about that. I don't right? It probably do well, yeah. but yeah, I don't really care. Yeah. But also the flip side of that, and I'm sure you feel this too, is that you do have so many interests and there are so many things that like spark your interest and you are into maybe not enough to start a business, but you're like, Ooh, we could do that. And it could be like this and we can incorporate this. That's my thing. Luke is always like, no. but there are so many opportunities and when your brain is kind of wired to think that way yes you know with little things that ignite you a little bit and you're like "Ooh, this could be a fire we could ignite this a little more yeah well just like last night he cooked dinner and he's a really good cook especially like with steak and like you know exploring all the different ways we're going to reverse sear we're going to sous vide or all these oh, things oh next stop on the foodie yes. tour sarah's house, yes. <laughs> sarah's house. <laughs> no people people would be like <laughs> house is so loud and chaotic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah no they'd be like run um but he's like i am a good cook i do think i could probably open a restaurant and i'm like no <laughs> We know nothing about running a restaurant and I have no desire to know anything about running a restaurant. I am not passionate about it. I cook because these little people have to be fed and it's just not our thing. So that's the whole thing about like running a business when you're passionate about it versus like, oh, I see this need. I think we can do it, Uh but you'll get burned out a lot faster if you don't have the passion. Right, right. Yeah, I definitely think like, where maybe I am so passionate about food, but I'm just so much more passionate about people. And that's where like this business kind of just collaborates yep. so well. It's just that everything's people oriented from the restaurants that I talk to, to the people that I host, you know, just so much of it. You know, the food's great. Like I'm going to give you good food, yeah. but like I want the people to have a good experience. You know, I don't know. It's just so interesting to like think about all of that. 
Yeah. yeah. Well, tell everybody your website, where to find you on social media, all yes. those things. Yes. So um, Instagram, Foodie Tours NC. Uh, my website is foodietoursnc.com and Facebook's just Foodie Tours. So yeah, I'm super excited. Thank you guys so much for having me on today. Yeah, Thank it was great you. to hear all about it. Very yeah. excited for your upcoming things Thank and going you. international. Definitely yes. will stay watching your Instagram to see all that fun stuff. Yes, <laughs> yes. And have me back on in like 10 years and see where I'm at. Yeah. Who knows? Well, do a follow-up yeah for sure <laughs> absolutely all right well thank you so much yeah, thank, thank you, guys. you bye bye